I could do a quick level check question what did you eat for breakfast <laughs> some bread and and some some uh yogurt you are listening to the music on your own terms podcast business courage Welcome to episode 9. This time out, I'm honored to be speaking with Mika Tuska, also known as Mr. Fastfinger. I've been a huge fan of his music for a number of years now, so it was really cool to have a chat with him, but it was equally challenging not to nerd out on guitar. Without further ado, here's the interview. Okay, so welcome to the Music on Your Own Terms podcast. I'm joined today by Mika Tiska. Um, first of all, thank you for joining me on my podcast. Thanks for taking the time. Um, I first discovered Mr. Fastfinger in a video uh, talking to John Petrucci about the Zen of guitar. And then I um, oh, wow. I discovered the whole musical catalog that way. Um, so some people know you from your music. You're the creative genius behind Mr. Fastfinger himself. Uh, you're on Jam Track Central. Um, and you've also done the animation for the Dream Theater um, touring videos in between the songs. Um, but I'd like to start by getting, um, you know, a little background. But if someone asked you what you do for a living, what would you tell them? No, it depends on who's asking. <laughs> <laughs> because of the uh, multiple tasks and, and sort of professions that I've been doing. But mainly uh, these days I'm more focused on music than I was maybe 10 years ago. So, um, But I do, I do both musical and visual stuff. And uh, so... Um, I'm a musician that does also motion pic motion images uh, animation and so on so I don't know cool um what does being an entrepreneur entrepreneur mean to you mm, I'm I've kind of spoiled myself uh I kind of uh, dictate our our I'm kind of the boss of myself. I, I, I get to decide what, what, what I want to do and what kind of projects that I, I, I take. And uh, for example, for like I used to do a lot of websites and, and web graphics and, and build whole websites. And at some point I just decided that I won't do that anymore because of uh, it, it wasn't 
I'm, I'm not that technical. I mean, I'm not a coder. So I, I got rid of that and started focusing a little bit more on music. And um, mm -hmm. I, I get to decide what kind of things I, I, I do. Of course, um, there are projects that uh, make more money and there are projects that are more like pet projects that give me more something else, more fuel for for the... I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Um, uh, Mr. Fastfinger itself was actually a uh, like a graduation project. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, yeah. A long time ago. So, have you always been able to work for yourself, or did you have to kind of ease into it a little bit after graduation? Or well, I don't, well, I've always had different clients and and uh, that that ask me to do things and that kind of um, that's that's a good thing because it. it it kind of uh, brings some money to the table. Uh, I have projects that I do for clients, but and then also do uh, maybe my music-related things that I sell to the fans or people who like to maybe learn. Like I might do educational things through Champtrack Central, and that's more like selling the product to the uh, the end user. Or when I'm mm -hmm. uh, producing and, and releasing an album, um, I try to make sure that it it brings hopefully more money that it takes from my wallet. Yeah, uh, it's it's um, so there took two type of things, kind of like the the client projects and and the ones that I do sort of for myself that I mm -hmm. uh, hopefully get to sell uh, to uh, to the audience. Sure. Um, what what kind of led you to discover you could work for yourself in the first place rather than working for a, a company? Uh, I think uh, before I went to study, uh, I was a trainee in one company, in, in multimedia company for maybe half a year. And... Um, I was there on daily basis, and I got sort of a little bit of experience of, of of how it's how it is to work on multimedia and and prints and and everything visual and motion. And um, then um, after that, I I was on and off hired to different projects, and I sort of uh, even during when I was studying uh, all the visual design and multimedia. And animation, I, I was sometimes doing various projects along the school, uh, where uh, I would do a certain project, a website, or uh, or an animation, and I kind of got to the idea of doing projects instead of being kind of like uh, going to certain place mm -hmm. every morning and and coming back after five or something. Uh, I got to the idea of being a freelance worker and putting your own business uh, entrepreneur thing is very close to that. It's uh, I ended up uh, why why I <clears throat> decided to become an entrepreneur. It's a difficult word for a Finnish entrepreneur. It's difficult in English, actually. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, well, it's it's a uh, the, I decided finally to do that when. Um, uh, I realized that there's uh, projects that are outside Finland and it would be very difficult to do it 
any other way than um, being an entrepreneur and being able to send an invoice for the clients. So um, that kind of started. Uh, the Dream Theater was probably one of the very first ones uh, that I did. The, the, car, the first cartoon that I did them, uh, I think 2000 and... Uh, in the end of 2005 or the early 2006, and uh, that was probably the last thing that kind of well not forced but kind of made me do it to become an independent. Yeah. How did how did that relationship come about? Uh, well, it was right after uh, Guitar Red Show had been released and online and it became such a out of the blue it became such a international uh internet phenomena and uh, and um maybe two weeks after that jordan rudis just called me and uh it was kind of wow. strange thing and uh he was interested in collaborating and uh then Luckily, Dream Theater was about to come to Finland maybe four weeks from that moment. And then uh, they were actually starting their European tour from Helsinki and they were rehearsing in Helsinki for several days. And uh, we actually met uh, maybe maybe three times that, that week and got to know each other. And, and that was kind of the, the start for various collaborations that we've done we've done with Jordan and uh, also Dream Theater ever since. And it's so one oh, of those. Cool. Excellent. Cool um, things. Yeah, very cool. Um, I mean, jumping off that, uh, how big of a part do uh, relationships you have with people um, play in the opportunities you get? Well, they, they are, uh, they are really big. I mean, uh, uh, sometimes you just need one person that really likes what you do and that might have a huge impact because you get to do demos for a, a gear company or you ask you you're asked to do animations for a band or whatever it's it's somebody really likes what you do and he sells that idea to the rest of the people in the company basically and um, all these um, yeah the relationships are really important and uh, yeah yeah I mean um, you have a relationship with Hughes and Kettner um, I actually like I'm, I'm also a graphic designer um, so I, I love in your little blurb there, it's, you, you make reference to the RGB of music. I, I thought that that was kind of a, a cool little thing. Oh. You said something about um, one's the, 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 the G, uh, which is the sound, and then one's the texture, and one's your face. Yeah, 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 exactly, I, yeah, I yeah. It was quite funny. It was kind of, a, yeah, the... Uh, because RGB, you need red, green, and blue to build all the possible colors in 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 one in in electronic image these days. And and mm -hmm. the amp is blue, and uh, yeah, the green guitar is green, and uh, the rest of the thing. Uh, I was kind of thinking, what would be red? Well, maybe it's my head, 
my my face is red <laughs> of uh playing all the the challenging stuff or something or yeah that's that, that was good um i've noticed that you've been putting more more and more videos out uh, lately is um is your youtube presence gaining a lot of popularity well um that that's a thing that i i really hope to um start you know i i really need to start focusing more and more uh, especially now when i'm when um the the time to get a new album out mm -hmm. usually when i'm releasing something i i start putting out more and more videos and then when i'm working on production it's more tricky for me to uh focus on many many things so i rather focus on I, well then then it's harder for me to produce videos and put videos out on youtube uh i don't know the older i get the the tougher tougher it is to uh, uh do many things all all at once so um yep. i'm kind of uh, the challenging it's it's very challenging for me to um keep that youtube kind of thing uh, where i would post a video every week or something and i think to be uh, successful in on youtube or any social media you would need to have constant uh releases and uh also my my channel is well like everything i do the focus is kind of uh i have gear videos lessons sometimes and many times i just release uh playthrough videos or i have so many types of videos uh, it seems that if i just did one type of video it probably would be wiser only lesson types or or mm -hmm. gear demo only gear demos or whatever but when you have all sort of videos um I like it that way, but it's uh, it might not be uh, the easiest key to success. No, I mean, I I think the videos are great, and the, I I I don't think um, uh, you know, so, somebody else that's doing gear videos constantly, getting stuff sent to them and um, trying them out. I think your your gear videos are very good in that they focus on what you're using rather than oh, I'm going to try this new thing out and. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. It is. It is. It's. It's more about sharing the the joy of if I found a new piece of gear. Uh, right. I, I rather if I really like it, I do a video, and then uh, if it uh, inspires or if somebody finds a better overdrive or something gets a new idea about the gear, uh, then it's good. But it's 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 really about sharing the the joy of finding something that kind of helps me helps my life or improves my sound or something absolutely yeah nice. actually your your um your uh, workshop on building a song i'm i'm about to download the uh, the korg um gadget yeah. app just because of that because that looked really cool so so that's great um so your last album uh, night overdrive how uh why why did you decide to release that under your own name rather than under the fast finger uh moniker well uh basically i've kind of i i felt first of all that mr fast finger has his fast finger albums have a certain sound and they're kind of like uh they have the band sound uh live drums and and bass and and i uh, usually do uh I produced those over a long time and really uh, 
they're really kind of fi finalized piece, pieces of art uh, that I put a lot of thought after those things, uh, or those albums and, and releases, where this, um, this Night Overdrive was something else. It was kind of like, uh, almost to me, it felt like it's, it's a sketch, kind of uh, rough, roughly put together and in a in a great speed flow just uh kind of having fun without worrying basically anything worrying about anything uh just doing things uh i don't know without any clue just doing things and uh it sounds a little bit different because of the weird production with the the cassettes and and uh using only Cork gadget for the backing band and uh, so uh, I felt it was more like a solo <laughs> makeup pro project rather than right. Mr. Passfinger although you know um, certain things are similar and they kind of yeah it's I think it's fun in a funny way I think my my solo album is actually more cartoony in sounds than Mr. Fastfinger music is. So they're kind of mixed up in a funny way. Given that it's a different artist name on, on your streaming platforms, um, do you think it will give you less of an... Exp if, you're, if you're thinking about how you get uh, discovered, do you think it's going to be something that uh, is discovered less because it's a different name? Or do you think you've now you've got two different artists up on Spotify or iTunes or whatever, um, do you think you're going to actually expose your music to more people this way? Um, and, and what is your opinion on streaming itself? Uh, two questions. Uh, first, uh, well, I was thinking Sorry. about it, um, you know, the putting it out on my name. First of all, um, this cassette thing, um, I felt it, it shouldn't be Mr. Fastfinger album. And also, I was curious about how would people find a release that would be on with my own name and on on services. There was only one single song that was taken from the Champtrack Central uh, uh, ballad compilation album that was released with my name. That one song, Pulse, and. Uh, so there was at least one song already there with my name and uh, I thought well what the heck uh, I'll try that and also I with this with this cassette thing I I try to and, and, and I thought that if I start putting out Mr. Fastfinger is kind of like uh, the way I've created now their, their music so far they're always uh, top quality and and really uh taking care that everything is tip top and now um mm -hmm. i i kind of wanted to be able to release like without worrying too much and just uh um uh, i i wanted what I, why i chose my name is that I, I i'd rather in the future maybe be able to release music that wasn't even that close to Mr. Fastfinger and still I would be able to release it with my name. Um, so mm -hmm. uh, Mr. Fastfinger should be at least safe for anybody to know that it's really heavy guitar uh, 
focused music, but with my name, uh, maybe one day there's some music that might be something else. So I kind of try to mm -hmm. keep that that my my name more open to uh, whatever comes along the way, and more sure. more free. Uh, what was the other uh, question uh, about? I just, uh, I just wanted to know what your opinion on streaming itself was. Well, streaming, um, well, it's a double-edged sword kind of thing. Um, I like streaming to a certain degree myself. I like to use it for uh, as an as a as a listener and a music fan. I like to use Spotify and uh, to. Uh, uh, find new artists and and uh, seek for inspiration and just uh, it's it's such a great it's like a library to be able to find all sort of music and uh, but many times uh, after the day uh, working day with when I have stared the computer screens I like to rather listen to LPs or CDs and nowadays also cassettes and it's uh, it's mm -hmm. just um, like to have that simple um, interface and like to have the the idea that I don't have the endless possibilities of of different artists and albums I like to have like I like to really uh, listen to uh, you know well-selected music that I've found that I really like mm -hmm. and then I, I pick up that LP that I've uh, invested money and I really like and um, in the evening or weekends I rather listen to my my library of music but uh, awesome. and then I usually don't listen to Spotify but then uh, when I want to you know find something else then uh, open mind keep my open my mind open and, and search for for new artists then spotify or, or streaming services are really good for the sake of artists mm -hmm. and releasing music it's um uh it's hard in that sense that, well you might think that okay uh, i might get visibility and and my name might spread if i'm if i'm uh, available through those streaming services but it doesn't really bring much income and uh, um, putting your music immediately to streaming services uh, I kind of what I've done previously was like uh, releasing an album like one year later or something uh, after the initial release first just have it open as CD or or downloads and then later on later on I put it available uh, as stream but um, but also I've tried to to put it out on uh, on the official official release day. But mm -hmm. I don't know. It's it's nice that people are listening to your music, and it's I like I like to have um, I like having the music available um, to anybody who's using those services. Uh, but it's uh, for, from the artist's perspective. Uh, if you try, if 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 you try to make some money with the music, it's it's kind of challenging, for sure. Yeah, I mean, you've done your um, pre-release uh, kind of Kickstarter campaigns. Yeah. Um, um, I want. I wonder, as you have you seen that drop off every release because of streaming, or do you has it kind of um, 
gained momentum each time you do a release because just because of the the new fans you've gained every time? Mm, well, I basically only had two proper pre-saves. Well, I had one with this uh, this cassette thing, but I think I've kind of I I had it more like uh, with this cassette thing. I I thought that well. I actually mastered the last tracks during that same day. Then, then I just put it available on Selfie. I have this Selfie is a service where you can uh, sell any any digital files. You can have audio, video, just drop it there and put a price tag and uh, promote it. Uh, but uh, I just put it there on Selfie so you can buy it. Uh, I had it at least one month only available from that for from that service and then after that it was slowly available from uh, everywhere else digitally but with fast fingers the EP collection and the the album I had like more like a pre-order thing where uh, the pre-order would happen one to several months before the uh, the actual release and before the audience even would be able to hear the music it's a slightly different thing um, uh, it, it's an interesting thing uh, well I think that both Mr. Fastfinger pre-order campaigns went really well and the one with Spirit Rising especially and uh, and they were like one year apart from each other, so uh, it's hard to say the time changes changed anything. Um, I think having if you have a such a campaign every half a year, you you will start seeing that people get tired of you releasing and kind of putting things on crowdfunding all the time. Uh, I would see right. it like that, so I wouldn't like to do such a thing too often so that's why even with that in my my head uh, I decided just to kind of sell it through Selfie not have any pre-sales or anything with my with this night overdrive thing because hopefully uh, right. uh, once I get this new Mr. Fastfinger album out uh, I'm thinking of doing some kind of pre-order campaign anyway so uh, do that a little bit more more focused and, and cool. hopefully be able to kind of finance with the, the all the costs of that product production which was well with the, with the right. band everything just the whole thing is so much more expensive and way it takes so much more time just yeah yeah sure so moving on a little bit um i believe you, you you've said you've you're largely self-taught at the guitar um what methods do you use to be successful at learning each skill, um, and how do you stay motivated to see, you know, the process through so you you, you get to the end? Mm. Can you repeat that? Just yeah. So, what methods do you use to learn a skill? Let's say it's you know a particular technique at guitar, and how how do you stay motivated? Okay, I I thought you said scale and and skill. Yeah. <laughs> that, oh, it could be a scale. Yeah, of course it can be a scale. Uh, well, my method is mainly uh, uh, first you have to become aware of something and then uh, you sort of try to learn something. Uh, for me, uh, learning something, I have to put it 
to uh, action. Uh, if I want to master a technique, uh, for example, hybrid picking, I think uh, one of the best cases has has been that I put it to. There's a lot of hybrid picking in Wax On, Wax Off, this song that, that's on first album. When I really recorded that song, it was total pain. I had a lot of trouble getting all the timing right and uh, it was tough. Now, uh, after 10 years of playing that song many times live and uh, it's absolutely easy. It, it's any technique that I really want to um, learn. I, I try to put it to different songs and, and try to make sure that it's part of my uh, daily playing or just uh, get that to action. I mean, uh, th you, you will never really learn it if you just practice it separately as a technique or skill or whatever. Make music with that and uh, use it. Try to put it everywhere. <laughs> Stick it, stick it all the places where you can imagine it fit, fits, and then it kind of, uh, and and that that's also also sometimes when I work on my music and I I got some kind of idea in my head, I want certain type of notes whatever, and I I might end up uh, in a problem where I I'm not sure how to play it technically to make it sound right, and sometimes that that makes me kind of find new. Uh, or develop or practice different techniques or uh, ways of performing the music. Uh, that's kind of like the backward way of uh, getting motivated to learn. The music kind of makes me uh, uh, makes me learn it or practice it. Oh sure, yeah. I mean, I've I've experienced the same kind of thing. Even you know, using Photoshop or, or whatever yeah. it is. You know, oh, I need to do this yep. thing. So how do I do it? And then you you kind of figure out how to do it. And yeah, you exactly. Just do it. That, exactly the same thing. If you would just learn some kind of uh, trick with the Photoshop, then never get to use it. You will uh, you will forget it in a couple of hours, and that's it. But if you if you kind of come up with something that you can uh, apply to, if it helps your your daily work or different projects, then it becomes kind of part of your routines and it's it's like water things it just it just happens without much thinking or too much effort um what do you feel the biggest key is to being successful at anything uh, motivation and i think the uh, want need and uh, i think you have to enjoy uh the process and enjoy the fact that you will never perfectly <laughs> be able to do something but just enjoy uh, the fact that the working can be fun or if you call it working or playing playing if, if you enjoy playing and and kind of uh, developing your skills then uh, and have fun and get to apply uh, it in different ways if you get if you get to make music with instead of just learning techniques for the sake of learning techniques it's way much more motivated at least for myself mm -hmm. uh, in the end at least for me it's it's about making music and, and that that just clearly has been the the motivation so i i don't know you have to find the motivation and uh remember that it you know 
it, it's supposed to be uh you, you should learn to enjoy it I, I at some some point actually uh there was a time in my life when i <clears throat> i was requested to do quite a lot of uh various jam uh, i mean uh, like cover gigs and and all sort of gigs and and um, weekend things and i was already fulfilled with work during the week and um sometimes i wasn't that motivated maybe and uh, at then some point i'm i can't remember what was it but i realized that uh the more i work to really make it you know the playing work and i know the songs the better i can enjoy the shows and uh, the better i know the music it, it, the way much more fun it is to play on stage and i can really get most out of that and and i realized that the even when you play something very simple a song with a couple of chords easy rhythm you can really take such songs to you know you can focus on the tightness of the rhythm and uh, all the songs that you play uh, you can always find different angles that you can use to make it more motivational for yourself uh, you, the songs don't always need to have like a flashy guitar solo to make it a fun song to play sometimes just playing a simple rhythm can be really uh, a lot of fun when you really get to play tight and then you have a especially if you have a great musicians to play with right right yeah it's just the matter of finding the right attitude and and uh, the joy of practicing and also then playing yeah awesome well thank you um <clears throat> i think we should uh, wrap it up um where where can people find your music and anything about you well uh I can be found on YouTube, uh, Mika Tuske uh, or Mr. Fastfinger. Uh, I'm on all the uh, streaming services and like we spoke and on any download mm -hmm. stores. Uh, yeah, somebody's knocking. Wait a second. <laughs> yeah, sorry, my daughter just came home. <laughs> uh, That's okay. Uh, yeah, uh, well... I'm on Facebook and Mr. Fastfinger is there and also mrfastfinger.net, uh, various places. Awesome. And uh, I like to close the show out with a, a song from who I'm interviewing. Um, what song would you like me to play? That's a good question. Uh, uh, play, uh, I don't know, play effortless maybe. Absolutely. Um, well, great. Thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, Kitos. Kitos. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I respect this moment. I respect this moment. And, uh, Humble, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. And uh, have, have a good day. Oh, This was a very good jam. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Mika. It was a really wide-ranging discussion. And I really appreciate him taking the time to speak to me. If you got something out of this interview, make sure you visit musiconyourownterms.com and take a look at the show notes for this episode and sign up for the mailing list to keep updated on any new episodes or other news. You can also get information on facebook.com forward slash musiconyourownterms.
Don't forget to be excellent to each other, celebrate even your little wins, and keep persevering. This is Effortless by Mr. Fastfinger. <laughs>